Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build and run a SaaS. I'm Benedict. And I'm Brian. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we work on our products and keep the lights on by training puppies. Today is April 28th and I am feeling stuck. This is episode number 39 and I'm paying back technical debt. Ooh. Yeah. We'll get to we'll get to that <laughs> for sure. You got a big old you got a good list of things in the notes this week. Like yeah, it has full, been you have a full page of bullet points and then I have one we got a dog which yay <laughs> yeah, which is way cooler than anything I did. Well, <laughs> it's it's also taking up twice as much time as as all of the things that you did. Uh, uh not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> we we got so we have three kids. We uh 12, 10 and 8. We got a a golden doodle, which is a mix between a golden retriever and a poodle, um, mm-hmm. on Friday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So we picked him up Friday at two o'clock. And he, I mean, he looks like a, like a build a bear, like cuddly, actual teddy bear. He's freaking mm-hmm. adorable. Um, he just doesn't really care for sleep. So. <laughs> <laughs> At least at Not night. Yet at least. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He's he's the best. He is awesome. I love him so much already. The kids love him. Wife That's loves very him. cool. He's awesome. So yeah. Uh, so I'm hearing you didn't sleep well. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, in the week running up to picking him up, there's just like a lot of a lot of work to prep uh to get the house ready for him, squeezing in, you know, client work. Um as, as I could. So yeah, Friday night I stayed up with him and he, he just whined and whined and whined all night long. Felt so bad for him. Um, mm. his first night away from his mom and from his siblings and mm. ugh, like that. Ah, this is just hurts. Um, I'm, and I'm a yeah. vegetarian, so I already have like a major soft spot for, you know, uh, for animal pain <laughs> and so for him to be like just whining out of loneliness oh man that was tough but uh but he is he's he's getting better the the next night my daughter uh she was like dad i want to stay up with him i'll you get a you get a, get sleep tell me what to do and i'll stay up with him and she totally did and then uh, uh let's see then the next night i stayed up with him again and he did 20 times better last night my, mm. my wife's my wife stayed up with him and sounded like he got up three or four times and so he's he's getting better he's getting better but man that's the that is the very big and all income pretty much all encompassing news around the ray ray household that's for sure <laughs> it's definitely a big event right uh the thing i the thing i admire in dogs is they get over everything really quick and you, <laughs> yeah. like it like they yeah. live in today and don't care about what was yesterday or what's tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah that is a good uh they, they are resilient it's a good good thing <laughs> to bring in from them feeling yeah the absolutely need, feeling the need for some of that these days I'll say that 
So how's 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 it working out so far? Uh, everyone on dock walking duty these days. So. <laughs> he, man, yes. I mean, so far everybody loves you know taking him out, playing with him, walking him, and everything. He, except for him, it's so fun, right? <laughs> it, it, well, I mean, he'll either like take off running, or he's just like, oh, there's a dandelion. I'll just lay down. Um, <laughs> so it's not so much walking as it is just watching him decide what you know what little patch of interest he's gonna sit down and pay attention to at this moment mm. he's hilarious <laughs> are you doing like exercises doing some training with him or? yeah yes the um you know I've, i've mentioned you know that we we took that we put this uh tv in our kitchen you know on the first week of lockdown to have like walking mm -hmm. tours going around and now it has basically become the um the Zach George YouTube puppy training channel, uh, television. <laughs> there's this, there's this channel, this guy, Zach George, that the kids have just, and, it, and he's really good. He's got great stuff. The kids will just be like, Hey, can we watch a Zach George? I'm like, yes. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yes, we're trying to, you know, watch some stuff there, pick up some tips on, Oh, okay. This is how you, you know, discourage biting. This is how you get them accustomed to their leash. Etc. Mm. Etc. Dude, mm. it's a whole. Do you have Do you have pets? Uh, we have two fish, but they don't need a yeah. lot of training. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Swim, good boy. Here's some breaks. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they're. Oh gosh, it's a lot. Uh, but yeah. He's cool. He's cool. I think that's the the thing that would worry me about like having a dog. I mean, they're adorable and such, uh, but. Like, I think it's so easy to screw them up, like, by, <laughs> I don't know, sending mixed signals or stuff like that. And then they yeah. learn a weird pattern and then they know how to tr trigger your buttons and stuff like that. And it's very hard to <laughs> reverse that after it's done. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I'm just thinking, yeah, try kids. Like, <laughs> the whole thing of... What am I teaching them and oh giving them bad patterns and all that? It's like, oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's some of that. But at some point you can at least talk to them. That's you're so <laughs> that is so true. At some point they become truly self-aware and and can have and can have conversations. You're right. With the dog, it's just like, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. well, we see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll keep you. I'll keep you posted for sure. Um, let's see. The other, um, the other news here is that um, you know I heard from Mozilla at the end of last week that was you know that was like, yep, you know, you're the team's choice. Um, basically, you know, the offer letter was making its way through the HR department when a hiring freeze, you know, came down. Mm. <laughs> um, and so it's oh, not, this is so painful. It's pretty painful. Um, it's not an official no, because they're still, it sounds like they're still working out the details of what class of hiring freeze is this? Is this no mm -hmm. new job postings? no um, cease all you know interview processes that aren't past this place or is it anybody who does not currently work for the company rescind their offer no hires mm. period so sounds like that's kind of all being worked out inside you know internally but 
man, it just feels like such a frustrating. Yeah. Just a uh, frustrating thing. This feels frustrating even to me, and I'm not really involved <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like this stuff is like it's unpredictable. Like I have a friend who not it was even before all the coronavirus stuff back in December. She had she she had an interview, got an offer, signed a contract, mm. and they canceled they canceled yeah. the contract a week before oh, she had, she God. was supposed to start. Um oh, my word. so yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, you can't rely on anything <laughs> yeah i mean it, it seriously like it's funny that you know when you when you're saying you know these things are unpredictable and like immediately what came into my head was you know this is that that's why i started that's why i started looking for a full-time job was for a bit of predictability and certainty mm. you know and it's like there's that part where you say that you said that and i thought well that is that is why it's actually more predictable and less risky to work for yourself because you are you know you have more at least more control in, in certain areas of yeah. course we know that's not true i mean <laughs> you're but at least you're probably more, more more aware of like the volatility of things mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I mean, this is not nothing, nothing else than a a new gig falling through because last minute the uh, the client decides to, I don't know, spend the budget on any on something else in a way, right? Well, I think you know, I think that if it feels it feels a little bit heavier than a gig falling through because this is you know at least two, three, maybe it would be amazing in five years you know, of steady health insurance in the United States, which is yeah, no small thing. We are morons when it comes to that. Um, and yeah, yeah, it feels, it feels a little bit bigger than that. And mm. I'm, I'm kind of working and, and, you know, just, and for what it's worth, like there are, everything else is just completely crickets. Like mm. there are no other leads, despite the fact that I've still been like throwing things out there yeah um man it feels pretty pretty friggin deflating um so <laughs> i gotta i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do yeah yeah I gotta figure out what i'm gonna do is your focus still on finding a product manager type of job or are you open to anything at this point? Mm, well, not anything, but like, yeah. Well, right. And I and I know what you mean by anything. Like and and I don't. I don't think so. I don't think that. Ah, uh, yeah, man. Either like, either go a good product manager type or product related job, or keep consulting on development and stuff like that. I think so. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I feel so grateful to have this client that I really enjoy working on their product. I like what they're doing. I like the CEO who I like work directly, most directly with. Um, and it feels like, 
uh, if I <laughs> am I just gonna <laughs> j- try to reset to where I was, you know, in August, September, and October of okay, how do I how do I figure out how to build something on the side? And oh man, I just don't. I I am I am truly be- beginning to. Uh, was I'm just really starting to doubt how rational of a choice that is at a at a certain season in life. I really am uh, the the starting a boot, site bootstrapping bootstrapping mm. while um yeah yeah plenty yeah. Of, plenty of plenty of examples of it working out. I think that there is a very high correlation between successful bootstrap companies and a certain season of life. Um, and that would be interesting too. <laughs> did they did they ask that? Like, did they ask that in the uh, state of independence ass survey? That sounds like that would be an interesting data point in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would. I mean, there's there's uh, because the, one it feels like one of the things that is, you know, on the on the table is um, you know. Going back to my like previous investor network, uh, like traditional VCs, um, uh, and like don't have a ton of traction just yet. Um, have an idea, and I need I need some time to be able to work on it full time with all my focus. And traditional VCs are the ones that <laughs> they are the <laughs> ones that uh, enable that. Yeah. Um, do they do that right now? <laughs> I mean, not to the not to the degree as before, but but they they certainly. I mean, I I, I could I should probably link to it in the show notes. Techstars just put out a big old report about what mm-hmm. they're what they're up to even now. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, it's just like one of the many places that my thinking is going right now like okay brian what are your options boy Mm. job search not looking good um full-time consulting cool like keep doubling down on this client now how are we going to spin up the thing on the side well shoot i don't know um it's really hard to find enough time to do that with and maintain the other responsibilities that are most important to me um And, and also, yeah. usually this would be the point where I jump in and hey, charge more, whatever. But at this point, I, uh, I yeah, I think I'd be super careful to change anything in that relationship. Totally. That, exactly. That might yep. risk it uh, to go like that is exactly right. Bad. So that is yeah, that, yeah. Patrick McKenzie's advice: it's very good. Usually, <laughs> it is. It is yeah. not. Yeah, there is a certain point at which that is bad advice. And yeah. it's good advice because usually it's right. It is not right right now. Yeah, I yeah, I'd be super careful about any yeah. anything related to that. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no no plans. No plans. Yeah. Um it feels it feels much more like the similar issue that I faced face in in the before time um of uh okay like how do how am i gonna like really just get 
block set aside Thursdays and Fridays and work on my thing and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for client work. It's just really hard to balance that when the client needs something on Friday. And I know like, mm. anyway, yeah. um, and I know that, you know, it's, what's it's, it's pithy advice to, to be like, well, I'm not available. Okay, cool. Do how many times do you do that? And then they, they peace out. Um, just feels like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, man, that's just a big old vomit of me trying to sort out what do I do? <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't, yeah. cause I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's super tough. Man, I feel bad for you. Like this Mozilla thing, it looked like it's, a, we talked briefly after, after recording with Val and it looked like it will go through and everything works yeah. out and you get an offer yep. the next day. Yep. So it's even, even harder than it, that it looks like this might fall through. I mean, yeah. fingers crossed yeah. there's still yeah, a slight chance, but yes. Yeah. Fingers crossed. There's still, you know, there's a percentage, there's a percentage chance that it, yeah. that it happens. Um, but yeah, it truly was. All right, cool. You're, let's mm. get an offer letter. And yeah. then, big old, <laughs> big old Iron Gate. <laughs> um, all good. Resilience. I'll pull some from my dog and, uh, <laughs> and just keep, just keep going. What about you? Well, man? Like, you, we, we can, we can move on from my drama and absolutely. Um, but I just want to say, yeah. Good thing you got a dog. He's probably good at distracting you from any any bad thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, walking teddy bear. <laughs> yes. That's <laughs> the walking teddy bear. Uh, <laughs> that's good. Now on we, Amazon Prime. <laughs> wish I would have thought of that one. Thought of that one first. We named him River, which I really like. Um, but if I had thought of walking teddy bear first, I might have pushed for that. <laughs> it's not too late to change it. <laughs> that's true. It's true. He doesn't answer to his name yet, so we got time. <laughs> Wait, there's the episode title. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Yeah. What? Uh, this is a good. This is a good list of bullet points from you, man. What are you yeah, up to? It has been an eventful week, or actually two weeks. A little bit. Like it's a little bit of an overlap of the last two weeks. Um. I basically spent all of last week, uh, basically uh, the day after recording with Val, uh, I started um, diving into database performance optimization because user list was like super slow. And when I say super slow, I mean like page load times of 30 seconds and more. <laughs> that's, rel that's relatively it was horrible. And I mean, I had queries that ran for 10 minutes straight. Like they would hmm. try to grab like user data for, for like the, just the table on the front page and they would run for 10 minutes. Oh, <laughs> and man. by that Heroku had already killed the request. So it, like yep. even when it finished, it didn't deliver any data. Mm. So I spent most of last week, um, adding a bunch of counter caches where it makes sense. So, because like, I mean, it's Postgres. The thing that's slow is usually counting stuff because it <laughs> needs to touch every single thing on the disk. So I added counter caching for everything. Um, 
I removed a bunch of like optimized a bunch of loading so it doesn't like run a bunch of queries but only one or two by like doing eager loading and stuff like that mm-hmm. that helped a bit um then i also found a bunch of stupid stuff where like in one occasion i was creating 20 26000 active record models in memory <laughs> because <laughs> i messed up the pagination <laughs> Uh, so that that one page would first query twenty six thousand records and then instantiate them and then serve ten. <laughs> yes, right, right. That strikes me so, as suboptimal. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, maybe there's, there's room for improvement. <laughs> yeah, um, right, right. But uh, yeah, so uh, that was basically the highlight of of all of this, and. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was just a, a week of like going into our monitoring tool, um, mm-hmm. looking at what's running slow, and then looking into how to optimize those queries one by one. And it's basically a big game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what is your? What was your? Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No. Please. So I was going to ask, like, what? What? tool did you use or like at a high level because I've, I've i've tried to do this sort of, i've needed to do this sort of thing before when i was working on yeah. feature audit like okay here's a here's a set of eight i i do this thing runs eight queries gives me some data back and it's mm. x number of seconds how do i how do i kind of line by line or query by query measure and fix like are there are there tools that are super helpful in saying hey you're running this sort of query if you rewrite it like this how'd you do that there there are a bunch of gems that do that in in development like basically alerting you ahead of times Uh like uh, i think it's called bullet the one i'm thinking about but i'm honestly i'm not using it because most of the times i don't care that much like and, and that's also the reason why this became a problem now. Because I mean, sure, I could have been be more careful with all of this when I built a feature initially, <laughs> but um, yeah, I have this mentality of do the, the thing that works for now, and then optimize it when necessary. Because otherwise, yeah. I just like spend days yeah. and days of optimizing yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, um. So the way I did it was. We having we have a monitoring tool in production. It's called AppSignal, um, and they basically send performance measurements for all actions in our controllers, and then rank them by um, average response time and um, throughput. And uh, they calculate a, an impact score based on that. Basically, the the slowest action with the most throughput is like has a higher impact than anything else. So I basically went into that tool, mm-hmm. looked at the table. Sorted. I think most affected for this particular task was sorting it by mean execution time and then start from the top, pick the slowest one, and then you can drill down and see. It even lists you all the queries it does, like to all the databases. And um, you, get a, you get a nice, um, well, it's like a chart, like a, a Gantt chart with like... Um, blocks in there with a certain length and they can see, ah, this is the slowest part in there. And then you can hover it and see the query it's running. And that's usually enough to figure out, okay, this is the part where, for example, where I count the number of users in the account and stuff like that. Okay. And then I can go back into the code and 
figure out like how to get rid of that particular query. Mm -hmm. Okay. And but in it's showing you the query that it's running, not necessarily the line of code that you wrote because like you write you write some rails code yeah and that's not what that's not the query itself does it give you suggestions on how to rewrite your line of of rails code similar to the way like a css lint or a js lint tool could do like in your id no unfortunately that it doesn't do that it doesn't even show you it doesn't even show you the line that triggered that particular query you to yeah, that you have Running to infer, infer that yeah. from. It, usually, it's pretty pretty easy because, like, you see the query, so you have a rough idea what it's about, and then if you look at what happened before and what happened after, yeah. usually you can figure it out pretty fast. And um, yeah, basically, spent cool. all the last couple of days doing that, looking in there what's slow, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, trying to make it fast. And ironically, like after spending days on it like as the last thing on friday i disabled two metrics that we just track for internal use in our own user list account that's the number of events an account has and the number of messages and i basically just added hashes in the line where they where they were calculated and just like commented out don't care and i think that fixed more like that <laughs> That had the biggest impact on, on, on overall performance than anything else I did before. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mean, nice. I'm, I'm not complaining. The other parts are definitely in a better shape right now as well. And um, But yeah, those two mm-hmm. lines, removing mm-hmm. them, brought, ba- brought back everything, right, brought everything to back. a reasonable yeah. speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, success. Job well done. Um, yeah, awesome. I also used the time to um, to uh, re- refactor some stuff related to the schema loading because that also touched every single record on the database, uh, like looking at what event names are there and stuff like that. So I created new tables that cache that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, funny story about that. Um, came up with a good solution to minimize the reads on the database, but then introduced the problem on the writing side. <laughs> so reading was super slow, but suddenly writing was super, uh, was taking a long time. And at some point I got error messages. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to write that record and it took 10 seconds. <laughs> Fun. So yeah, uh, but that's also fixed. And by now it's in a, in a reasonable state again. Um, but yeah, that's that was most of my week. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah. What else? Um, uh, before that, I made some progress on the new trigger type. Um, uh, if you remember, it was like uh, instead of um, just relying on events for everything, we int- we will introduce a <laughs> new trigger that we can specify start this campaign whenever these conditions match. And it's usually like, I don't know, account status is trialing and number of users is zero or whatever. And I thought it's pretty straightforward and started implementing it and started running tests on on my machine, like just manual. And I tried, hey, what happens when I have a repeating campaign with just one message that sends immediately and has a condition trigger on it? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and it turns out it ran into an infinite loop. In an infinite loop. <laughs> yeah, man. Hooray. Suddenly <laughs> I was sending a hundred message yeah. messages per second. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that uh, that required uh required me to take a step back and now we have like a limiter in there that campaigns can only run a certain number of times in a certain okay. time frame. Yeah. And by default, we're thinking about eventually exposing that in the UI, but for now it's just like repeating campaigns can only run once per day. <laughs> so you can only send those messages once. Yeah. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully that will fix the problem. But yeah, that was yeah, one of those things I didn't think about before. And um doing while researching this, I once again ended up in, in Customio's uh, knowledge base and you can tell that they've been around for a long time because of course yeah. they had answers to all those problems. <laughs> yeah. It's always uh yeah, interesting to see like the new challenges I just discover by accident. Others are facing the same ones and I had to figure out how to deal with them. <laughs> well, it's the benefit of having competition. Yeah, true. <laughs> Yeah, and on the more exciting news side, uh, uh, side of things, uh, we finally set a launch date for internet messages. Oh, hey yo! Yeah, um, uh, what is that? Jane date? did a lot of yeah. Jane did a lot of great work on on the marketing side of things. We she like our website is already updated. There's a new dedicated landing page for internet messages and stuff like that, and the list of open to dos. It's getting shorter and shorter, and we decided to launch in-app messages on May 19th. So that's in two weeks, three weeks. I think it's three weeks from now. Yeah, yeah three weeks. That's huge. Uh, yeah. Fingers that's crossed big, everything man. works out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It be um, a great launch and some hiccups to resolve after. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. But that's I'm already I'm already worried about the the performance implications of that particular feature. Maybe mm. I'll take the next week or so to do some polishing on there as well. But I mean we'll see. How uh, how many how many um customers do you have using it right now? You had mentioned that you had a few rolled into it, right? Um, I think it's five at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Um and at any time we have usually between 100 and 200 um, end users connected to our, our, our okay. WebSocket server right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's not not that much, but I can already tell that it's putting, like memory-wise, it's putting a load. It's showing server. up. Yeah, yeah it's okay. showing up. So I'm, yeah. I'm already a bit worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you... Already you... Tell uh -huh. The moment when the first customer... Uh, enabled the feature. You, you see a nice uptick uh, in nice memory uptick. usage on the okay. server. <laughs> and and then when you launch, you know, you can assume like not everybody is going to, oh hey, new thing. I'm gonna yeah. take some time. Like it'll, you know, it'll ramp up. It will probably ramp up gradually, but still yeah. like I can see that there there there's a problem ahead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that that's a little bit worrying. But yeah. Uh, we will figure it out. It will be fine. What was interesting during the discussion about the launch and like preparing, we also considered pricing. And uh, we initially set out to, well, 
as you said, like uh, charge more and stuff. We decided initially decided to um, include a new feature just in in the growth plan and app. So we would exclude that feature from the smallest plan for a couple of reasons. Uh, just like well, encourage people to to um, to upgrade, even though they might not be above the the user limit, because we have a couple of users who. <laughs> Try really hard to stay below their the the cap on mm -hmm. on their plan. Uh, so we were like, yeah, okay, let's encourage them to to upgrade. Um, but today Jane had a change of heart and was basically, yeah, I was working on the pricing page. It doesn't feel right. We shouldn't do this. Um, so now we decided. At, I mean, it's very likely that we just roll it out to everyone, mm -hmm. um, and just. It ultimately boils down to feature gating this on uh, on the larger plans felt a little bit contra to our values and our philosophy because the the origin story of user list was Jane wanted to have a tool that sends in-app messages <laughs> but <laughs> intercom seemed too expensive <laughs> yeah so yeah. I felt like yeah maybe maybe starting in-app messages at, at a ninety nine dollars a month maybe it's against what we set out to do. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like we will we will roll it out for everyone, which then also nicely freed up an, uh, a week of my time um, because the feature gating stuff wasn't implemented. So if we went ahead with uh, <laughs> limiting it to a certain plan, I would have built... Yeah. Yeah. There, um, yeah. There was the need to build that feature, so that now that's gone. <laughs> yeah, now you <laughs> don't have to nice. build it. You're um, giving more. You're giving more value. At, yeah, uh, you're giving more value. Prime. Yeah. And with that discussion, like exactly the more value at the lower price, um, we also started talking about a free plan, because um, we really realized that um, mm -hmm. expansion revenue is especially in, in, in the last month, is the number one thing that drives our growth. Um, we get more upgrades, more revenue, more additional revenue from upgrades than we get from from new trials and new, new conversions. Trials. Yep. So we're yeah. thinking about like how can we double down on, on that aspect of things. And the initial idea was to uh, basically switch to a freemium model and let people sign up for free, start getting into the product, start using it. And then eventually yeah. when they outgrow the, I don't know, lim 100 user limit uh, on the free plan, then require them to upgrade. And we kind of set out to do that after the in-app messages launch. Uh, but at some point, and I think it was on Indie Hackers, um, we posted uh, one of the latest blog posts there. And then in the comments, someone was like, Hey, why don't you have a free plan? Uh, like, there's so much competition. You should definitely have a free plan. I was like, no, what? Like, <laughs> what's up? Like, <laughs> why do you think you are entitled to use our product for free? <laughs> right. Just because everyone else wants money for their tools, why should we do it for free? <laughs> <laughs> so that sparked the idea of just um, of just introducing a very cheap nine dollar a month. I was gonna, yeah. So I was gonna plan, ask, yeah. Which that then again like... also uh, required way less changes to the product because nice. right now everything is uh, card up front. 
and um, a tr- yep. two-week trial, and then that's it. And then and, set the um, limit. I mean, like just setting certain limits for that plan already ready yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, and then upgrading would happen. I mean, it's still manual. We we upgrade everyone manual, but we don't have to do like there's no customer interaction required for the upgrades. Uh, we just go in there, change them to the new plan when they outgrow their limit, and mm-hmm. that's it. And that wouldn't have been the case with a free plan because with a free plan, trial uh, card up front didn't make any sense. Um, so we had to, we would have to change that. Um, and then, like the quick question is, like, what happens when they outgrow their free plan and don't have any payment information on there? Like, do we suspend it? Do we? I don't know, freeze it and then queue yeah. up the messages that, yeah, it just was, there were a lot of open questions. And yeah. um, but just introducing a very cheap entry-level plan, those yeah. all, all those problems just disappeared and we can, in theory, launch it. Well, we're not going to do it, but in theory, we could launch it tomorrow with very little changes. Launch the, yeah. So, yeah. Um, do, you have a, do you have a sense, the people who do sign up for user list for the first time which service they're coming from or are they not using a service at all um some people are switching usually from intercom because it's too expensive yeah yeah and i've heard from people that the especially for new new companies the the uh, 49 dollars is a little bit high, like when you don't have any users and yeah. not making any revenue. It's it's a tough it's entry. Material. Yep. And um, that is usually yeah. yeah. And what we want to fight with that is basically people setting up like a less optimal free product, for example, going with MailChimp or ConvertKit and like mm-hmm. trying to fit their SaaS use case into the tool that's built for something else. Yeah. Right. And then eventually, of course, we hope they grow. Uh, yeah. But then they're stuck with the other tool and have all the data in there and spend some time integrating it and stuff like that. So yeah. our hopes is to make it a no-brainer to sign up for UserList early on. And then yep. we kind of bet on growing together with them uh, mm-hmm. and just like have the integration set up from the start. Right. And uh, yeah. Did you did you happen to listen to Josh Pickford uh, with Justin Jackson on Build Your SaaS last yeah, week? I, did. <laughs> I thought about y'all um, <laughs> when Pickford was complaining we about, about intercoms. As well. Yeah, when he was complaining about intercoms pricing, and it's just like, yeah, man, they they have just, which is right for them. They have just continued to walk their prices right on up the ladder. Yeah, and focus on big companies, enterprise sales, and I'm yeah. sure they're raking it in. They are raking it in, but sure. yeah, they yeah. are they are exposing a large chunk of their customer base to uh, <laughs> to a robust but more yeah. affordable option. Yeah, such yeah. as did you userlist.com. <laughs> Did you did you stop listening to that episode after that, or did you continue listening because it got uh, better? <laughs> I, yeah, no, I kept I kept listening. What what else? What else do it? Uh, the thing 
that was very interesting to hear is that uh, Bearmetrics is launching a similar product. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was me listening to that for for a split second. I was like, ah, huh, shoot. <laughs> but um, ultimately, uh, I think it's it's fine. I mean, it just confirms that we are on the right track, and there's a there's a for need sure. for a product like this. Yep. Um, yeah. So embracing uh, the competition, but for a yeah. split second, I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah, that was a really. I kind of want to go back and and re-listen to it. I think what was so good about that episode is that you know the idea of yeah people like doing more things for your customers, especially right now, you know, at the same price um, or relatively yeah. close. Like it in a downturn, you have to offer more value at the same price to keep people around and keep them happy. And so it seems like yeah, okay, that's that is a like that's a. Um, an adjacent need that Barometrics users have. And so, yeah, it actually kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, but over time, over time, that is how you come up with a clunky UI that does nothing great and does everything average. And so it'll be fascinating yeah. to see uh, how, the, how that, yeah, how that plays out. That's an interesting push and pull between like, Specialized solutions and uh -huh. kitchen sink, yeah. Provide all in one super garbage. Tool. Yep. And yeah. I, I honestly don't know what what the correct way to do things is. Like, there's a good <laughs> argument for both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, starting starting with the focus solution for sure. You know, definitely. I mean, you, so. it's near impossible to start. I. I'd say it's impossible to start with a, yeah. just everything solution. Um, sure, but yeah, at some point, everything grows into more of a kitchen sink, I guess. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah, those are the, the main things we are we're cool. thinking about these days. And yeah, right. to be honest, we're getting excited. Like nothing, like <laughs> maybe disclaimer, all of what, what I said is still in flux. Like... <laughs> This is not a promise that we'll actually launch in-app messages to everyone and that we launch mm -hmm. a starter plan at $9, but things are looking likely. <laughs> cool. It'll be really interesting to hear, like, what are the, you know, give it a couple of months and then share you know, yeah. the, the outcome of that and did it did it result in the sort of, you know, yeah. activations that you had hoped and starting to see a lot more brand new users. Yeah, definitely. Expanding up and those additional players. Still, I think we, we still have to be very careful about like tr really treating this as, as an experiment and not introducing it and then thinking we have to stick with it for forever. Yeah, right. Because yep. honestly, I'm a little bit scared about the, the startup plan. Like it sounds like it sounds like it could become a support nightmare. <laughs> true, that's true. Like getting getting a lot of a lot of new users who are well early on in their journey and probably haven't figured figured out everything and mm -hmm. um, maybe have higher expectations and um, yeah. yeah. I'm a little bit worried that like getting inexperienced users in there might be a support burden in terms of they need a lot of hand-holding and have unrealistic expectations and probably want features that 
they think they need, but they don't really need. <laughs> don't super need. Wouldn't end up using maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we see. It's a good <laughs> experiment. Sounds like you definitely also just affirmed that you should not introduce a free plan. Because <laughs> if you're worried about $9 accounts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean th- that worry is connected to both. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, and a part of me still wants the the forty nine dollar plan to be like the the cheapest one the because intro. it's just yeah. it's a nice entry level in a way. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we we'll see. Maybe maybe this is a good idea, and uh, maybe it's not. Then we can always remove it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, doke. Anything else yeah. on your side? No, that's that's it. I think I was talking for most of the episode. <laughs> no, I think that was pretty well split. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. So good to, uh, really good to catch up. And yeah, absolutely. My fingers are still crossed for that offer letter from Mozilla. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My my fingers are crossed as well, but I am also gearing uh, yeah. myself up to to move right along and just Mm. keep it keep it going slow and steady wins the race (laughs) (laughs) for sure all right talk next week bye